You are now tuned in to the Real Beauty and Business Podcast. Listen up. You and I are working here today. There's evidence of that. What's up, podcast family? This is your girl, Kayla Chanel, and we are back for another episode of the Real Beauty and Business Podcast. And we have the beautiful Ashley, all the way from Charlotte, who will be sitting down with us today and just sharing her story. I'm so excited. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited, okay? So, um, Ashley, how we do it around here, we always, always say, can nobody introduce you better than yourself? So we're going to have you take it away. Hi, um, I'm Ashley, Mrs. Dubs. Um, I'm a hairstylist in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, this is me. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, tell us a little bit, like, take us back to the beginning. Um, How did it get started for you? How did you become or find your interest just new? Like, okay. This is what I'm about to do. I'm about to be a hairstylist. Uh, that's funny because I actually did not want to do hair at all. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I didn't want to do hair at all. I um, I started with my mother. Um, I was about 14 or 15. Uh, she she was a hairstylist and like I didn't have no job and I wanted money. <laughs> mm. Help her in the salon on the weekends. I mean, six o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the afternoon, and I did that all throughout high school. Um, but I hated like the whole time. I was like, "Yo, who gets up at <laughs> six o'clock in the morning to do hair? Like, this is so stupid." But the money was good, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that I wanted to go to college. I never wanted to do hair. And then I went off um, to college and I was like, oh, no, this ain't for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I want to go back to doing hair. And her clients used to always tell me, like, you're going to end up doing hair one day. And, you know, they used to always tell me that. And I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not. Right. I ended up going off to college and realizing, like, wait, I think I actually like doing hair. So that's how it all got started for me. It just kind of like became, it literally like just became a passion. And I was mm. passionate about it because I was in school, you know, I went to Bethune-Cookman and I was a criminal justice major. And I thought I was interested in that. And then I was like, yeah, not like I am here. Mm. Um, it, it, it became a real passion for me. That's amazing. Very interesting to go from, no, nah, that's not for me. Let me try school. And then you're like, no, nah, that's not for me. I think, you know, hair is for me. So um, so you were going to school for criminal justice. Did you just decide to, like, just stop schooling? Were you, like, in your freshman year, you just stopped schooling and you went to hair school? or? Well, it actually worked out. Uh, God works in mysterious ways because... Um, I ended up getting pregnant my freshman year. Um, mm-hmm. My son, he's now 10 years old. Um, so, yeah, I got pregnant with him. And then when I went back to co- you know, to school um, to set up my dorm and everything, something happened with, like, the financial aid. It was like they wanted more money or whatever. And I was like, I'm pregnant. 
you know, this is not really going to work. So I'll just continue to work with my mom until, you know, we can figure out school. Like I'll continue to go to school online, but I'll just leave the campus. So that's what I did. I just, um, all throughout my pregnancy, I went to, I was working every single day. Um, but I did, you know, online schooling. So that's how I ended up, you know, like, I don't think I can do this. And so I started looking into Paul Mitchell, you know, just the days that I was home, I would just, Mm -hmm. you know, Google things about them. And um, I really took interest in the school. So that's when I actually applied. Um, And then after that, I was like, yeah, criminal justice is done. I'm done. Because, I mean, Paul Mitchell had everything. I'm a creative person. So... You know, the, the, it was such a fun school, you know, they just draw me in. So when I went uh, to look at the school, I fell in love. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. So did you think like, because I think a lot of times in our minds, we have an idea of how we think things are going to go. And then when it doesn't go that way, some people, you know, take it harder than others and some take that and use that energy to turn it around and push forward because, you know, I could only imagine what it was like being a freshman in college and finding out you're expecting a child and you're supposed to be in school, you know, finish your school. Like how how was that for you? It was, it honestly, it was very scary because I just didn't know where my life was going to go at that point. I'm like, I'm pregnant, you know, I'm 19 years old. Like, what am I going to do? Um, but I, I never, I never kind of went in that down space of, you know, how some people just feel like it's the end of the world. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that first. And I just, you know, was like, this is not it. Like mm-hmm. something is, every time something happens, I'm like, okay, something good has to come from this. Like this. Mm. Has to and it was because, I mean, once I had him, once I went through school, like um, Paul Mitchell, I found out like this all was supposed to happen. Like mm. I wanted to be in college with everybody else, you know, doing the college things that everybody did, you know, party on the weekend and study during the week. It was like that just wasn't for me. That, that mm. was have. and I didn't take it as like, you know, feeling sad and down about it. I just picked up and kept it moving. I mean, things people had things to say, of course, because I'm so young and I'm freshly in college, where everybody else is supposed to be having fun, and I'm over here carrying a baby. Mm-hmm. I didn't really let it get to me and my mom's clients. I mean, I went to work every day and they, they really allowed me to feel comfortable, you know, okay, it's okay. You're 19. It's not the end of the world. Keep it moving. Right. Um, Then of course you have the ones that are, they're negative and they're like, why would you stop school? And I'm like, listen, I got to do what's best for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really keep, I didn't really stop. I just kind of kept it moving. Um, Good for you. Yeah, I didn't really stop. 
Good for you. Yeah, I always find like when when bad things happen, I'm like, hold on, <laughs> like something's something's about to come of this. Right, right. <laughs> I've always let me get my act together and get ready because I know something good is coming. Yeah, like something's about <laughs> to happen, so let me just go ahead and get ready. <laughs> right, right. So now you um, now you're back at your mom's salon. Is it her salon? Does she, does she own it? Yes, she owns at that time. Okay, yes. so um, so you're in your mom's salon. So how was that transitioning from helping your mom in her salon versus you becoming a full blown hairstylist? Like now you will have control of your lifestyle and your income, um, and your business. How was that transition for you guys? Um. Actually, she was very supportive. Um, she was very open to me. Her clients were already comfortable with me. So um, as I was in school, uh, she was able to allow me to kind of do more. So like I was able to mix colors because that's what we did in school. We worked with a lot of colors. And, you know, so when I actually transitioned to an actual, actual hairstylist, it became it was an easy transition because she was very supportive and she was the only one that was really um the most supportive because everybody still you know some people still felt like okay well you can go back to school now you, you know you did the hair thing you liked it but you know go 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 back to school and she was the only one that really like she saw the vision before i could see it so she, was, mm-hmm. um, so even if I was to take over the salon, she was okay with that. Her, her, mm-hmm. her clients were okay with that. Um, my other mentors, you know, which were her friends, they were all okay with that. Mm-hmm. Supported me one hundred percent. So is that what happened? Did you end up taking over her salon, or where? What did that transition into? No, I actually. Um, Right after I got my um, license and I was able to do hair, I was offered. She actually, uh, there was a new salon opening up down the street, but it was a salon suite. Um, and they needed someone to manage and run it. Um, and so she went there and she actually got me the job. Like, I didn't even have to apply. Like, she just went there and talked her good game and um ended up I ended up getting a job and so I ran the salon suites for I want to say a year and a half before I got my own suite so I was managing the salon suites and then I would go in um in the evening once I was done with my shifts and I would just you know kind of do hair in one of the in one of the suites Mm -hmm. Um, and then about a year and a half later is when I actually like said, okay, I'm going to fully start doing hair for real, for real. Like Mm -hmm. I got, um, I'm capable. So I ended up getting a room in the, in the suites that I was running and I did both. I ended up doing both. Um, and she actually sold her salon and moved in with me. Shut up. Yeah, she was 
<laughs> help. She's been, she was in the game for so long. So it was just kind of like, okay, well, if you need help, I got you. I got your back. So it was just like, okay, we tag teaming. So she, mm-hmm. she pressed the line, and, which was easier for her because then she just, all she had to do now was just go to work. She didn't have to worry about the overhead anymore. Um, right. Yeah, so she's building next door to me. And um, that's just how, that's just that's just where it started. That's really that's really where it started for me. Mm. It started for me, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So speaking to that, with you kind of growing up in the experience of a salon and seeing how a salon is ran and the different things that your mom had to do as a salon owner versus being an owner of a suite, can you kind of talk about that experience of you know, because some people have a preference of thinking one is better than the other, or one makes more sense than the other, depending on where you're at in your um, career or your journey. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I was blessed to experience both um, on the back end, like kind of behind the scenes, the things that people don't see. Um, both are great. I know when I was in school, you know, everyone I went to school with wanted to own their own salon. But once I started managing the salon suite, I was able, because it became where I was managing one in Orlando, and then I was also managing one in West Palm Beach. So I had two, I was only 22 at the time. Mm-hmm. So 22, I was running both. With no experience, I mean, just no experience. Um, And it was really good. Like, I just feel like if you have your own salon, that's great. Um, You know, you have booth renters, you have um, commission stylists. um, And then whereas a salon suite, you have multiple um, stylists or barbers or uh, massage therapists, um, uh, estheticians, you know, you have all of that in one um, mm-hmm. that I was running at the time. All together for both of them, it was about uh, 45, no, 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 excuse me, about 55 suites all together. Mm-hmm. And I was able to learn the background of the salon suites. Um, So I don't think there's anything wrong with owning your own salon. And I also don't think there's anything wrong with owning your own salon suites. Of course, the salon suites is just a lot more work. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's also a lot more money. (laughs) Right, right. I was able to learn that at 22. They had me, you know, traveling to New York, D.C., L.A., and I was able to look at different suites. And all of the managers in those locations were all older than me. They had more experience than me. Um, I mean, I, I even met the founder of the suites and she fell in love with me. She's so amazing. Um, uh. And I was able to kind of learn a, a lot more at a young age. So, you know, the difference between the two, I think they're great. But of course, if you have a salon suite and you're running it correctly, you could be very successful. Mm. 
Because, you know, we're all we're all about it's a beauty and business podcast, right? So we want to talk about the fun, beauty part and experience and story. But we also have to talk about the business part because we do want people to walk away to be able to, you know, think about something differently or to be able to implement something in their business or to see things from a different perspective. And um, I think that's really cool that you mentioned that. Because at the end of the day, like our goal is to help beauty professionals be able to create businesses, businesses that, you know, doesn't require them to have to stand behind a chair if they don't want to be behind a chair anymore, but still make money Mm -hmm. in the field that they're passionate about. You know, how do we do that? And I think you just bringing that up gives people a different perspective of like, well, maybe we can look at owning a salon suite. Why not? What would it take? to own a salon suite? Ooh, I've asked that question a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) And I get, honestly, I get different answers. And I'm honest when I say that. I've asked that a couple of times and I get a couple of different answers. Um, You have to be very, first of all, you have to be very knowledgeable about, you know, the type of, suites that you're getting into um the the business because a lot of people they open salon I've seen this a lot they've opened salon suites and then it's like you have businesses in there that are has nothing to do with beauty or you know what I'm saying a salon suites you would think that when you go in there it's all about hair nails self-care some salon suites I've seen and witnessed, they got, I mean, clothing shops, popcorn <laughs> shops. Like, and that's, you, I think you should do your research first. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say research, I'm not even talking about the financial part. I'm talking about really researching what you're getting into because you're going to eventually, you know, unveil different layers of this business that you never even thought you know a lot of people think that when we get into this business oh okay it's just doing hair okay it's just doing nails that's easy and then I can just open my own business no it's a lot mm-hmm. that you have to follow different licenses that you have to have your tenants have to have different types of licenses different states um I'm dual licensed in Florida and North Carolina so you know, different states require different things. And mm-hmm. a lot of people that get into this business, okay, they have money to open it or they have good credit to open it, but then they don't know what they're doing. So it just becomes a flop, you know, and yeah. all types of, you know, like I said, I've seen salon suites, you know, in different parts of the United States that it, you walk in there and it's like popcorn shops here. Um, you know, then you got a nail salon across the street, I mean, across the hall, and then you have the chicken man down, down. The other <laughs> it's the chicken man for me. <laughs> Not the chicken man. <laughs> Not mean, the chicken man. <laughs> I feel like in this business, you just really have to do your research if you want to open, um, it, I mean, well, any type of business, really, you know, For sure. you should really do your research, um, in-depth research so far as, you know, like I said, 
um, your tenants, what they're supposed to have or what licenses are you supposed to have? What are they supposed to have? All those types of things are very, very, very important. And if you're just kind of jumping into it just to make extra money, mm-hmm. it's not for you. And, and a lot of people, yeah. that, especially with our, our profession, they jump into the industry thinking like, oh, okay, this is easy. Like, all I got to do is, you know, you know, build something and put some hair salons in there and boom. You know, mm-hmm. Some in Atlanta, like, mm-hmm. a lot going on in here. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so if, can we talk about that for a little bit? So how how have you been able to build your clientele, you know, and get to the place that you're at now? Um, you know, obviously you had your prior experience and then your mom um, was in the business as well. But like, what did you do to like brand yourself and build up your clientele and, and figure out like what your thing would be? Because I you you really are good at, you know, healthy hair, short hairstyles and things like that. How did you even know that that's what you wanted your niche to be? Um, going back to my mom. <laughs> I kind of wanted to, she, at the time in Orlando, there wasn't wasn't many people that that did short hair. hair. So, um, I wanted to be different. Um, Everyone was doing the wigs and the weaves and things like that. And throughout hair school, I was, you know, practicing my color by coloring wigs and weaves for clients. I went to the hair store, um, number one beauty supply in Orlando. And I worked there for a couple of years. Um, I mean, all through school, because I was working there and with my mom. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to push myself to the client that I want to see. But everyone, everyone was coming in there getting weaved. You know, it's a hair store. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, maybe I can make a little money by coloring the weave. Right. Um, I would color their extensions, um, and that's how it, I would kind of make my extra money on the side. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, I'm not really, I, I really want to do short hair. So I just would get mannequins. Um, my mom's assistant at the time, I would like kind of choose my guinea pig. My best friend was my guinea pig. So mm-hmm. I would find like different guinea pigs um, and practice cutting hair because I knew that okay if I cut hair I'll be different in this city I could I could stand out because everybody else was like I said braids weaves wigs that's what was in I mean that's still in mm-hmm. it is I want to be different I want that residual income because if you come and get your hair cut you gotta come back in two weeks Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, if you do a weave, I was doing weave, but it was like I, they were coming like once a month, you know, they were taking care of it at home. Right. I was only really getting the money once a month. And I was like, no, let me learn how to cut hair. Um, so I would go and I would sit in with a couple of barbers that I knew um, just to kind of I would ask questions just to kind of get myself familiar with, okay, once I start doing this, you know, I got to I gotta get first, get first because my age, my age is really doing, doing 
everyone else, everyone else was older than me, you know, a lot more experience. So I was, I was the youngest that I was in the city that fought to do the short hair. Everybody mm-hmm. was like, it was like the blowout, you know, you know, like that. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do spend all day doing long hair, which I love, you know, long hair, healthy hair. But I was like, uh-uh, let me find something that's going to get these clients in and out, and they're going to look bomb. So I just would get guinea pigs, and I just would practice. And then one day I said, let me see if I can post something with short hair on the cut life and just see what happens. And I did. I colored my hair. I cut my hair. And it took <laughs> It took me about four to five hours to color my hair. And I just went and took a whole bunch of pictures for the cut life. I just kept tagging them like, they're going to post me today. Wow. And, and I just started getting clients from the, like, people were following me. And I was like, they just, it was like cut life was posting me like all the time. So I just started getting clients from there. I started getting clients from the hair store that I was working at. And it just took off from there. Hey, let's take a quick break from this episode. We will continue in just a moment. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsor. You know, if you're like most beauty professionals, keeping track of your calendars, social media, customer service, and financials can be a bit of a mess. Sifting through the multiple emails and text messages, bank statements, and product shipments, it can really be hard to understand how your business is really doing. Luckily now, there is Hair Craves the one-stop shop for beautypreneurs ready to scale. Hair Craves brings together the key things to become a successful business. Oh, by the way, did we mention it's an app? You download it, edit your profile, and we go to work for you. You'll be able to manage all of your appointments in one place, sell products and services, reduce your no-shows, stress-free payment process, reminders, Gain more exposure and recapture anywhere from 10000 to 20000 you are missing out on each year. Again, did we mention this is all in an app? Download it, sign up today, and you can save time, grow your business, and obtain the success you desire. Now, how long ago was that? That was in 2014. Okay. Yeah, that wow. Was 2014. Yeah, I just, I would literally just make myself up. I would do my hair and just put on makeup, not going anywhere. And I would <laughs> post and I would tag them until they started tagging. Like, you know, I'm like, they're going to post me. <laughs> wow. So did you post every single day? No, I wouldn't say every day, but like every other day. <laughs> okay, okay. Because, you know, people have, like, this, like, algorithms with social media. Like, you got to post so many times a day, certain times a day, (laughs) you know, like, it's so much. Yeah, see, now, back then, I say, like, it's so long ago, but back then, Instagram wasn't as helpful as it is now. Now, Mm -hmm. they'll tell you, you know, on Instagram what time to post or Mm -hmm. how long or post back then everything was just authentic you remember um back where when all you had was like to to go to a good hairstylist all you had was these hair black hair magazines and one yeah 
So you didn't have Instagram. You didn't have Facebook. You just had word of mouth and you had these hype hair magazines, black hair magazines, Mm -hmm. Jet, all of those just to find someone to do your hair. Mm -hmm. Well, Instagram came and at that point, you didn't have that. I just, and, and Cut Life, they still had like a million followers. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like the only big um, cutting Instagram at the time, like with short hair. And it was easy to get recognized. Mm-hmm. Now they're a much bigger platform. So it's a lot harder. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll probably block me if I, t- if I do that every day now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what is wrong with this lady? <laughs> so what what advice would you give to someone now like who is getting into the industry now, who's trying to stand out, trying to get themselves out there with, you know, it being a lot more challenged to challenging to get recognized um because it's social social so much on social media, you know? How do people find them? How do how do they build up that clientele in 2020? Honestly, um, I would definitely say, and I'm glad you asked this question because it's so many different answers that I've thought to give you about this. But in all honesty, I would definitely say you have to find just kind of like we're going to use Cardi B as an example. She went on Love and Hip Hop and she was throwing out all this music and everyone was kind of laughing at her at first on Love and Hip Hop. And then it just became that one song that just kind of like threw her out there, but she never stopped. So I feel like, no, you don't have to like tag cut life every day, but post every day. Look at your Instagram and see what times is good for you um, to post. Um, Post content that people want to see. You know, what is it that's different about you than the girl down the street? You know, what what is it that's going to make her want to come to you and be interested in you doing her hair or her nails or her makeup than the girl next door? So, you know, post often, post, you know, I would definitely say, like I said, look into your Instagram um, and see what's the good times uh, to post. Um, Also, they have the story now. So you can post on your story, see how many viewers you have on your story. And if you post something on your page and you have less viewers on your page than on your story, then you need to post on your story, what you just posted on your page. So people are able to see you. Um, I've also learned in recent years, hashtags. Mm-hmm. Hashtags, I didn't, I, and I'll admit, I didn't know that hashtags, you know, are very important and they are. Cause I've asked some Instagram influencers like, hey, like what are the hashtags for? Mm-hmm. Started hashtagging. So I feel like you should really, really find what's, ask yourself what's different about me. Mm-hmm. What makes me stand out from the rest of the colorists, the rest of the barbers, the rest of the hairstylists? What's going to make me different? 
and um, from there and you know like I said definitely keep your followers interested you know keep them don't bore them with you know unnecessary content um just keep them very very interested uh keep them knowledgeable about what what if you have a product that you're selling you know keep them knowledgeable knowledgeable about that product um make them want to want more from you. Um, I see a lot of people get on Instagram and it's just like a blur. You know, you they're all over the place. You don't know what they do or what they sell. Find what works for you and go from there. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think those are all valuable things that someone can easily like implement. You just really got to sit down and like you said, just think about it, be clear and concise, you know, have a great understanding of who you are, what you do and what you represent, because people's attention span is so small. If I can't look at your first six photos on your Instagram and be able to tell what you do, like most people are not going to be interested. They're going to scroll and go to the next thing. So the next and that's the thing. Sometimes we get, you know. I'm I'm talented in many many ways, and I say that you know not I say that in a in a good respectful way, a humble way. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that I like to do. I like to draw. I like to paint. I love to sing. You know, sometimes I think I can dance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but my followers know me for cutting color. So yeah, I post sometimes with a picture or two of what I've drawn for the day, but don't try to sell everything at once. Mm. I see that a lot. You know, people have different talents where they are, they're chefs or they're bakers, but then they also make bracelets too. Like that's too much. Find something that works for you. Mm-hmm. Something that you feel like you can have or something that you can do for a long time and be it'll be enjoyable to you. So just try to crowd everything. You know, an entrepreneur, I feel like is, yeah, you have a lot of businesses. Don't try to crowd everything at once. Yeah. Look at you for that one thing that you do and then everything else will come later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a good point in the sense of, you know, become a master at what is the most interesting to you at that point, and then gradually build those things up. It's just like, you know, you probably, you can do a sewing, you could do wigs, you can do all different type of stuff, but peop- you have made a name for yourself for short hair and color. And once you get that person in your seat, then you're able to explore different conversations of different hairstyles that they might be interested in and then be able to add on to that. But this is what gets the person in your seat, that niche of saying, oh, okay, I know who I need to go to to get this done because I have, I am the master of this. People see you as the master. They're going to come to you. Yeah. Um, because you being all over the place, it's just kind of like, well, she do a little bit of everything, but I'm getting short hair and I want color. So I know who I'm going to. So with that, you kind of cornered that market being the master in that. And then you explore other things that you obviously probably have other talents to do and skills to do as well. So I think that is 
a, a strategic way of moving to become a master at something and then naturally allow those other things to shine through um, through that journey. But everything at one time is too much for even the one person. It's like, how could you ever give 100% to it and really allow it to grow um, and give it what it needs when you have 25% spread over four different projects? Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because even when I was in school, I mean, I was in a salon where, with my mother, where, you know, she focused on healthy hair. That was the main thing. But she did, you know, she had been in the game for 20 some years. So she was doing blowouts and weaves and shortcuts. But I knew in school, I was like, okay, let me find something that works for me. And mm-hmm. I was I would stay after school and I would just cut up my mannequins. Like I kept having to buy new mannequins because I was, I knew that that was something that I really, really wanted to learn. And that's why I went and I would sit with different barbers because I wanted to learn how to use the clippers. Um, Because you do have stylists um, out here. I don't know any personally, but just saying what I see on social media where it's like you do braids, you do nails, you do massages, you do, <laughs> you do weave, and it's just like like you said. I'm confused, sis. I'm so confused. <laughs> right? How can you focus on something? How can somebody recognize you when you do so much? And even now, like I'm very very honest with my clients. My clients will tell you I'm very honest with them. You know, they'll come in and they're like, Ashley, I think I want to sew in. Like, let's grow my hair out and do a sew in. And I'm like, sis, I'll help you grow your hair out. But I can send you to my homegirl that does sew ins. I do them, but that's not my thing. That right. I've gotten to where, you know, at first I was, I needed money in the shop. So I was doing everything. You sit down, I was doing whatever you wanted. Right. And, you know, weaves and color. I would do everything. One of my good friends, she would drive me crazy because every week we were doing something for a fashion show and then we would do weave. And I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Like I cannot focus on what I really want to do because you got me doing everything. Now I'm grateful because I was able to learn those things. Mm -hmm. Now I'm able to pick and choose and I will, I will send you know, my client, like, hey, I know someone that does braid. I don't braid, but I know someone that does braid. Or, you know, um, before I got into like doing designs with the clippers, I don't do designs, but I can send you to someone that does. I'm very honest. I'm, you know, I'm not selfish. Um, and, and that happens a lot in this industry, um, too. So I'm not selfish in that sense at all. And, you know, I'm just, I just stick to my one thing, man. <laughs> like, okay. There's <laughs> yeah, a whole book that I read. It's called The One Thing. Um, I don't know if you read it, but it's a really good book. I suggest it, you know, to other people as well. But it's a good book. And it talks about just what you said, basically, of just, you know, how to focus, what to focus on so you can have more success. And I think it's just like with doctors, specialists typically make more money than the general doctor because they are the person to go to for that particular thing, you know? 
So it's just be figuring out what your specialty is and mastering it. And then other things kind of come along the way. I mean, most people, even when you look at the most successful people, they have their one business that kind of blew up and they mastered it. And then they started to dabble into other things that they might have had interest in, invest money in it. But you got to get sometimes something going, something consistent, something right. Something to catch somebody's eye. If you all like, okay, let's use some of these celebrities as as an example. You know, you might see. I'm just gonna use Kenya Moore. I, I'm just gonna. She's just the first person that I thought of. She has like a hair care line. I don't mm-hmm. think of Kenya Moore is nothing about hair. She has pretty hair, but I don't think of her as that. But she has her own success from you know Real Housewives Atlanta acting. You know, I think of her as an actress. That's when I think of her, she's a model, she's an actress, a beauty queen. That's right. her. I don't think of her selling hair products. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Not saying there's anything wrong. I've never tried her hair products. So <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, once you get your successful niche, okay, then you can dibble and dabble in whatever else. Um, yeah. Looks like someone recently asked me about Taraji P. Henson. I didn't know that she had a hair care line, but I don't mm-hmm. see her as, you know, that's when I think of Taraji P. Henson, I don't think of her as knowing anything about hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that her products, because my clients have asked me and I, and I'll tell them, you should try it. I'm, I've never tried it. I don't want to knock it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, but she's successful, so she can invest her money in anything that she wants at this exactly. point. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's something she's out. always wanted to do, right? It's probably something she's always wanted to do. Yeah. We didn't know it because how we see her is an actress, right? She has worked yeah. really, really hard to master becoming an actress, and she did that. Yeah. And, and now and she can come for her. Now she can. She got time on her hands and money on her hands to do whatever she want to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Whether it went, whether it's successful or not, she still has her one thing that she has mastered that will always, you know, be there to support her. Exactly. So, exactly. yes, I love it. I love it. So what? So what is next for you? What do you? Anything you have coming up? You know, where? What do you see yourself going? Um, what's next for you? Well, I have a few things that I really want to <laughs> speak on. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. I'm a believer in, you You know, speaking on things. And But I have a few things coming up um, by the first, you know, the first of the year. Um, awesome. So I've just been working really hard. Um, and just even myself, just trying to focus on my niche. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working on this for a couple of years now. Um, and I've gotten to the point where, as we were just talking, you know, I've kind of mastered. Not, I wouldn't say mastered because I'll never stop learning. But I've kind of gotten to where, okay, I'm ready to do X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. I'll be branching out to do that pretty soon. Um should be here. So I just, just got a little something coming. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually sure. I want to say, though, um, to anyone that is listening, um, 
I will be doing classes soon. I've been getting asked that a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am working on that as well. So I can say that. Um, I am working awesome. on that as well, yes. That's exciting. I'm really excited. I, it's just like, I don't know, something just kicked in and I've been more excited. I don't know why. So if I can just stay excited, keep that momentum going. <laughs> I keep that same energy. Look, listen, I tell myself that every day when I'm sitting here, like doing my work, I'm like, okay, look, I'm over this. Like this is <laughs> right, right. Now you got to keep the same energy. That's stuff to do, you know, <laughs> and and you have a, a son too, so it's like everything you do is it's not just for you, it's for him too. Yeah, um, boy. So I have to look. They stay on me, like mom. I my son just said last night, like okay, I had to take him to the salon. I never do that. He's like, look, I was good all day. We gotta go to the toy store, and I'm like, listen, I'm trying to get some more money. You talking about going to a toy store? <laughs> I have to come out with a business or something because they, oof, they ready. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. How old is your other son? Um, 10 and five. 10 and five. Awesome. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yes. So, um, we always do this thing on the podcast where we ask five quick questions. So we kind of look for quick responses, but Sometimes we always don't get the quick responses, but that is the goal, okay? <laughs> so, are you ready? I think. <laughs> okay. So, the first question is, um, what is your favorite tool that you use right now to help build your business? Like a styling tool or you just... You said it's a, whatever tool. Some people, it's social media. Some people, it's, it's the actual tool that they use in their business whether it's scissors or yeah it's just, I, would, I wouldn't even say social media for me I would definitely just say keeping my clippers on that's like <laughs> that's my tool to keep my business going to keep me going keep me motivated mm, okay I love it I love it what uh what is your favorite book uh what book have you read that you feel really helped you in your journey as a beauty professional mm. oh that's a good one mm. I don't know I can't give you no quick one. I don't know <laughs> think, just think about it think about it it might come to you later yeah because I'm look I'm thinking of quick answers and I'm looking in my head like wait, 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 wait. Ooh, <laughs> I'm gonna think about it when this is all done watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna come to you after the fact. It always happens like that. Um, okay, so the next question is, um, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Ooh, honestly, like five. Five? That's, that's so bad. Oh my god, yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Definitely need to get a little bit more sleep. I tried to do, especially lately. I've tried to get my whole eight. But, but, but I will say my days off, I do take naps. So, you know, I'm a napper, but other than that, uh, at night, I, 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 I'm going researching, you know, working, things like that. So yeah, I don't get that much. Don't, don't follow me. That's horrible. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, the next question is, um, 
if you can you give one piece of business advice that you wish you would have known um, that has helped you in your business? One piece of business advice that I wish I would have known. Um, Don't, I, I will say this, one piece of business advice, go with your heart, go with yourself. Don't tell everybody what you got going on. Don't tell everybody your ideas. Stick with what you feel in your gut. Pray about it. Ask God for the answers because honestly, I, when I started and even now, you know, I be having all these things that I want to do and people just discourage you. And when you get discouraged, I know with me, I just kind of shut down. So mm-hmm. I say when you have ideas and things that you want to do to grow your business and grow yourself, keep it to yourself, pray about it, ask God to show you things about it, because that's the best answer you're going to get. I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but that's probably one of the best things. Just kind of keep, keep your business moves to yourself. Yeah. Honestly. Awesome, awesome. Last question. Um, where can people find you? How do you want people to be able to connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram, of course. Um, Ms. Dubs. Um, it's M-Z underscore D-U-B-Z. Um, and then if you want any, you know, inquiries about getting your hair done or coming to see me, any classes, it is dubsstudio.com. So it's www.dubzstudio.com. All right, the episode is over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It will mean a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.